0: This episode of The Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com.
1: At one point in time, if you listened to the show, you knew uh, about our little secret site to get awesome discs. Uh, It's not a secret anymore. It is a site where you can learn everything about the discs you're purchasing before you actually have them in your hands.
0: Get disc weight, dominess, flatness, all kinds of ratings learn it before you get it in there and get your favorite disc at only the best discs otbdiscs.com use promo code dgpodcast to get free shipping on your next order What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode one hundred and ninety-eight of the disc golf podcast. My name is Robin, and virtually across from me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe.
1: Hey friends. Welcome back.
0: Yeah, we are. This is this is a big deal. We are going to do a deer review for the first time in like two months. Like a real one. More or like less. A, like it like was fun with one.
1: Simon, but this is like a, a for real, we threw the disc, we feel really confident yeah. in throwing the disc, and we have a beer that we're both drinking and reviewing.
0: Yeah. Like, the Simon one was rushed. We didn't throw the tactic enough. We we still need to get more throws on it. We had people message us, and we, we uh, ad- addressed it with them uh, on the show, too, that we felt we needed more run with the tactic in more situations to say whether it belonged in our DGP bag. Um, so... So this is our first like actual deer review where Joe and I went to a field socially distanced. We we threw we each had our own disc. We didn't throw the other person's disc. We didn't touch the other person's disc. There was uh, no detouching, was, or no. We didn't touch each other's d's at all. Th- th- I mean, there was detouching, but there was no. We only I had. I, we
1: only touched our own while staring into yes. each other's eyes.
0: Well, right. I, mean, I mean, here and there, there there was both. I mean, there was some. There, eye contact and there was also some some detaching with no eye contact yeah. um and there was some when you weren't looking at all and yep. uh, it's and uh, you know the berry bushes were thick on a couple of throws i i had to definitely whack through some through some thick bushes to to get at least one throw of mine um it was that uh, but it's it,
1: actually a d of mine that anyways whatever it was my d that's true my d you put in the brush
0: Okay, okay. This is this is. I was trying to have a wholesome conversation about how we finally got back to our disc reviewing process, and this has clearly gone a whole other direction very quickly. I don't know what you are talking and, about. And um, I would like to apologize to all the kids out there that are listening. And um, just also, maybe you shouldn't I would also be like to say, but please, thanks for listening. Yeah, but just, just maybe, maybe uh, don't listen to this podcast if you don't understand what the last 2 minutes were about
1: and if you do that, like that... i don't i don't even know where to go with that <laughs> sorry i don't i don't know
0: you're one cool baby <laughs> but i mean oh. no no <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. We, got, we actually got out. It was a beautiful day. Um, it was a field that we know well and we're able to throw. I was a little bit off. Joe was throwing pretty well. Uh, so it was it was nice to have that. Because um, that's one of the things that we that really helps is even if one of us is off and not quite throwing very well, if the other one is is on and and their form is right and they're throwing pretty well on that day, I can still see and know what what a disc is supposed to do. Well, we know each and other's
1: power and throws so well that knowing what it does for you, it's pretty easy to then put it to myself and say, like, extrapo- oh, yeah. then it'll fly, like, X for me because it throws, like,
0: Y for Robin and vice versa. And, that yeah, and knowing when I, like, just oded the crap out of something – and and turned it over and and had all kinds of wobble in it, or or released it way late with some Annie, um, and that sort of thing, which was what I was basically doing a lot of today, uh, unfortunately. <coughs> which it was funny though. Uh, you put a buzz in my hand, and and it wasn't I know I was gonna bring all, that up. Yeah, that's exactly what happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a buzz? Oh, I know how to throw this. Any other disc, even very slimmer to a buzz, no fucking clue how it's going, where it's going.
0: I think we've uh, just hinted as to what the uh, the deer review category might be, but uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was good. It was a beautiful day, and I, I'm glad that we're able to get out and do that. And I hope we we get many many more in soon because we have a huge pile of discs that we need to need to review. Like I literally, there's like eleven or twelve just here on the table next to me of discs that are, are potential reviews. And there's like another 10 or 12 that are up on the racks that I need to bring down just so I don't lose track of them. Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're rolling deep on, on disc choices at this point. And then these manufacturers keep coming out with new discs and it, it just, just sucks. I mean, it's a, it's a great
1: problem to have, but it is a problem.
0: You know, part of, part of me thinks that, that not reviewing the disc the second it comes out is actually a benefit because sometimes they weed themselves out. Yeah. Like, sometimes a, a, a new disc comes out, nobody gives a fuck, and, and it just kind of disappears. And it, had you reviewed it that day or whatever, maybe you have an opinion, maybe you didn't, and, and in the end it probably didn't matter because it, the disc didn't end up selling and doesn't That's matter. That's true. You know, like, you think, like, certain ones, and some are obvious, like the the Lion by, by Innova and stuff like that. And the just Hog, like,
1: which we still have one.
0: Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: but here's, I, I will tell you, I'll tell like you that. this, too.
0: Literally anything by, oh, never mind. Uh, I'll
1: tell you this right now, too. There is one brand that I am, that actually, Robin and I both love, but I don't want to review first runs of at all anymore because I feel like we've been burned a handful of times with streamline first run stuff. I uh-huh. feel like the turbulence that the first one we had was way beefier than like the regular production line. I think the same yeah. thing with the the lift or the the lift. So yep. those ones, as much as I love that stuff, I feel like I want to wait till like the third run of those things to review those ones.
0: And there's been a lot of that lately. Even like disc mania. Wait, like, wait, is, time is, Are you trying to is say disc mania has? It, they, they, go ahead. They pretty much are touting the the like the differences in the runs are like a marketing, pl- you know, marketing point on these discs. Like, the fact that, oh, this first run is a little bit more this and does that, and this second run, I'm like, well, yeah, they're two different plastics, and can't you just make a run of the same disc so that I can have the same disc in my bag and do that for like 10 years and just not have to worry about whether I get the unicorn run of the disc you make? All right. I'm coming. No, it's down. fine. It's,
1: it's the truth, though. Like, it is. Like, I fell in love with the turbulence um and then beat it up enough that i got a brand new one a cosmic neutron and i was so stoked brought it out and i was like it's brand new so it might even be more beefy than what i remember and threw it and was like nope not even as beefy as the one that i beat in so that sucks
0: yeah and like a relatively uh it also uh Turbulence, streamline, runway. For those that are with confused, that said, we still a the disc.
1: very overstable disc for sure. Like I'm not trying yeah. to say like, yeah. oh, it's. It was a turnover. Um, just the the one that we started with was super beefcake. Like just a tick below, uh, deflector. So just for peace of mind.
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, great great discs. I just. It just sucks when when you are looking for a particular thing, you're also trying to review it and then it doesn't work out. But I just more to the point that I started this on is that it, sometimes it's good to have a little little wait time in there just wait and see whether the disc is actually worth reviewing, whether the people really want to hear it. When a new disc comes out, of course people always want to hear the review uh, of what you think of it, but Yes, there's some of them that maybe you just let it go and and see what happens and if it if it people request it then give them your review, let them know what you think. So, maybe maybe some of these will weed themselves out before we need to get That's to true. There. I mean, with that, that said, or, there's a, uh, there's
1: definitely a good handful that we have that aren't uh highly asked for.
0: That's true. Um, yeah. Um
1: but there's still, you know, there's lots of um lots of molds from from different brands that are still around you don't hear about them much but they're still around they haven't been uh discontinued so or they haven't gone to oop so that's good even as crazy like the pine which i love went oop which is
0: didn't it go go oop and then like come back in and then like it was i i feel like there was some no, i don't know I uh, Little little bit of just the tip. Oh, game maybe there I don't know. I wasn't tips. paying
1: attention. I I like stopped paying attention because I was like, I've got uh, I've got over a half dozen of them. Like, I I got plenty. I'm not worrying about it right now.
0: I almost I almost lost one of yours today. So I know that jo- Josh Thanks, Jerry sir.
1: sent me. He just hit me up on Facebook. Was like, hey, do you want this a a pretty orange one? And uh, Robin tried to lose it, but we got it.
0: Yeah done something I, I can't remember doing on the field that we play in. you got to throw a pretty bad shot to get it in the black yeah. and And es- especially with the mid range, especially with a pretty, and an st- over, yeah, exactly. And pretty, with a pretty overstable mid range from where I was like, it's a, uh, that was impressive. I, uh, we, anyway, we've got a great show for you guys tonight. <laughs> we are going to talk about the uh, latest disc golf pro tour announcement, which is that they are planning to restart at least they are uh, tentatively planning to restart certain events and that's as soon as a month from now. So we'll, we'll talk about that and what uh, Jeff Spring had to say about it. Uh, Joe has a awesome review. He wants to talk about the can keeper by bottle keeper, which is something we've talked about on the show is like wanting to happen. So he's got a few of those. I unfortunately didn't get to review it because Joe put his germs all over both of them. Yeah, and yeah. I so like pretty much it was like a, a deal breaker. So uh, I'll just trust that he is capable of reviewing a beer holding product, which I'm pretty confident about. I, feel I think good about it. I think that's gonna be a gonna be a slam dunk. Next, we are going to do our world famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both. Tonight, we have the MVP Reactor, which is a five-speed, five-glide, minus 0.5 turn, and 1.5 fade. And we are going to pair that with Fizzle Drizzle Blue Raspberry Imperial Fruited Sour by Maplewood Brewing Company out of Chicago, Illinois. This is an 8.5% uh imperial fruited sour and i'm gonna be honest i don't know what an imperial fruited sour is neither do i but i'm, uh, I'm pumped. So I,
1: I mean i'm sure some of the sours we've had from like russian river might live in a similar world because so i've definitely had some very high abv sours from from russian river
0: yes i mean i i i know what a what what it is i just i was you know i was just saying.
1: I know it's I just, it's a wild no, one. I'm I more have to, no idea what it's going to no, taste. No, not like. not at all.
0: So that should be good, and also uh, fairly certain this is a in terms of type of type of beer, the first of its kind. Yep. Agreed. Uh, in in disc golf podcast lore, so uh, should be should be exceptional. I I cannot wait. We had in our pre show. If so, if you want to become a Patreon subscriber. Patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. We do a pre-show before every single recording and uh, we reviewed a uh, vanilla strawberry milkshake IPA, a lactose uh, IPA um, from the same company sent to us by Latier Lewis. So uh, awesome hall of fame disc golf podcast listener. Fantastic dude. He sent us both of these and uh, we reviewed the first of them on the pre-show and it was amazing. It's carried over into the main show, and I have very high hopes for for this one as well. So, uh, should be should be good times. I'm looking very much forward to getting back to our regular schedule on these episodes. As you know, uh, Joe, I enjoy a a, a solid itinerary, and uh, it should be good. So, indeed, looking forward to it. All right, so. You want to do your uh, your can keeper thing, or you want to get into disc golf pro tour first? I can
1: jump into can keeper. I can I can roll with that. Okay. So let's uh, do it. They started putting out can keepers uh, probably over a year ago. Um, I have been paying attention. You know, we were big on the bottle keeper, and I'll tell you right now, love the bottle keeper. Twenty two game has kind of uh, slowed down, and I mean, if you've been listening to the show for the past year and a half or so, like. Uh, The majority of the top breweries have moved to the can game, Uh, mostly 16-ounce, you know, lovely beers. Um, So when the Can Keeper first came out, it was all 12-ounce cans. Not to say that there aren't some great beers that come out in 12-ounce cans, but uh, the the perfect wheelhouse for the Disc Golf Podcast is for sure that 16-ounce little bombers you can roll with your— with you throughout the course. So I was hesitant to check out the can keeper. Uh, but a few months ago, and they may have brought it out before them, but a few months ago, I found out that can keeper started making bomber size, 16 ounce can keepers. And I reached out to them. They were awesome. Sent them out. Um, they took the pieces that we loved about the bottle keeper and uh, definitely brought it to the next level. So to be totally honest the bottle keeper really was um a way to hide the beer in my opinion more than keep the beer cold. I think they do a decent job of keeping the keeping the beer cold, but it's really just a thin strip of of neoprene uh inside the the bottle keeper to to kind of insulate it um yeah, it really was just to have covert beers on the go, to be honest. Worked well. Yeah, totally um, was. You know, their whole slogan was keep it cold. And, you know, I think Rob and I did air quotes pretty much every time we talked about uh, that being the reason we love the bottle keeper. But the the can keeper, they actually uh, make true on that.
0: One one quick uh, insertion here. Um, I was able to get uh, two 22-ounce beers into disneyland three days in a row Hell yeah um which they have a fairly fairly good security practice there in terms of going through like it i tried to bring in like other stuff uh like regular bottles um you know that were kind of just in the strollers and stuff like that they found them took them or made me pour them out or made me turn around Whatever it was, but the bottle keepers they they registered those as water bottles every time and uh, did not even look at them. Right. So, uh, good times. So I've okay. also uh, tried to take them to a concert and it didn't work.
1: Oh, so. really? You got caught with bottle keepers at a concert?
0: Uh, they uh, I didn't get caught. Um, they just want to take water bottles. Con-
1: water bottles in?
0: Uh, no, no. Uh, they were opening them. Um, every single one, the security people were opening them and looking at them, and I'm about like 200 feet back in the line, and I can see them doing this, and so I just had to, you know, do a little work before uh, going in. That was and all. you just had
1: empty uh, bottle keepers. Yep. 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 Well, that's probably a fun concert. At least the start <laughs> of it.
0: Luckily, there were there were other uh, you know uh, consumable substances available. But, uh, yeah, you know.
1: Well well so. done. Cheers to you. <laughs> so, anyway, so the can keeper, like I was saying, um, they have two sizes, 12-ounce and 16-ounce. But, basically, uh, within the insulated, like, actual cup piece, there is a spring for you to put your can in. So, that makes it so it pushes up on the lid. Um, but the cool thing is it's insulated And it has a lid that goes over top of the can that has an open like a mouth open piece and and it clicks in, so it just looks like a a nice coffee mug, like a nice insulated coffee mug that you can drink out of. Um, I've pulled them out multiple times uh, in the craziness we're going through. Taking neighborhood walks as a family is a regular thing, and I think we talked about the bottle keeper all the time, Uh, but this is super clean covert and unlike the bottle keeper it actually does a really good job of keeping the beer cold um i was telling robin i could see myself having a handful of these even just to like be a mini ice chest for a nice beer at the end of the round like it cleanly keeps it cold um you know just like the bottle keeper it it does a good job but if you if you're rolling around with it like in the side pocket of your bag, and the beer's open <laughs> but the little lid is closed on the can keeper, like it's still gonna fizz up and spill out. Like it's not gonna be a perfect seal. Um, I did notice too, and I don't think this is a big issue. I think uh, Bottle Keeper will help you out if you run into this issue. But because they sent it to us for free, I'm not gonna be upset about it. But I did notice so the same lid fits on both the 12 ounce and the 16 ounce of the same width obviously because cans have the same you know same uh, diameter regardless of whether it's a 12 or 16 ounce can. But I did have one lid that fit really snug and I didn't have like any leakage at all when drinking and then one of the lids was like just a little bit um, off. And there, there was not big spillage, but definitely like a little trickle here and there. Not enough to really care, especially when you're drinking cold beer. Uh, but I did notice there was that little difference. But ultimately, it keeps the beers super cold um, for a long time. You can drink out of it. It's super covert. Uh, it it kind of hits all the points that I've wanted. I like tried to drunkenly talk Robin into trying to figure out how we could do this ourselves. Like we tried to map out how to make this happen. Uh, and realize it was just dumb for us to try and do that, but CanKeeper pulled it together and and made it happen. So, it's it's a great beer koozie keeps your beer cold and puts a lid on it, makes it look like a coffee cup, um, everything you'd want out of it. It is, and like I said, the wonky top. I'm sure if you purchase from them, because I know I've had some issues with like bottle keepers in the past, and been able to reach out to them and say, hey. Like they changed the size of the the screw in top on the on the bottle keeper and I remember like reaching out saying, Hey, the long one works way better than the short one that I had and they just sent me out new long ones, no problem. Uh their customer service is is pretty fantastic. I I love it. I've been using it pretty much nonstop. Um easy to clean. It's a it's a little bit more steps than you would think to clean, but nothing nothing too rough. Um it's great, you know, you walk to work and, uh, you want to walk home and have a beverage? Like, I, I did that more than once, I'll tell you right now. I brought a 16-ounce can to work in the can keeper, worked a full day, like, eight hours with it in my can keeper, and popped my beer on the walk home, uh, and it was nice and cold and no issues walking home.
0: Now, completely unrelated, uh, and, uh our one of our awesome listeners and moderator in in our slack group uh joey uh pseudo in in slack sent us brewmate uh hopsolator uh trio uh essentially similar product like can keepers and i can't i have i've yet to like actually try one but he says he loves them and i can't wait to try these on the course and let you guys know how whether they work or not, there's slightly different style than, than what Joe just described. They don't fully uh, house the beer, um, which I could see positives and negatives to, you know, like the, the fact that the, the can keeper ones fully enclose the beer, you have like cleaning issues that are as a result, this one, there's no way any beer is going to get in the inside of it. And plus it's like a because It's got like a rubber seal and you're still using the top of the beer can. So, I I'm I'll be interested to see how these work and it, he claims that they have uh it, it yeah, they they he claims they have similar insulating capability. So, it'd be cool to check these out. But yeah, the uh the Craft Brew World has moved to the pint can. So, um it's uh that's that's what they're they're now designing these things for. Should be should be good times. Yeah. All right, you ready to to get back to disc yeah, golf? Yeah, let's,
1: let's talk about it.
0: So uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour um, announced uh, today, more or less, I I believe this morning, uh, which is uh, today is the 28th, I believe, of May, and this episode will come out on the 29th. And uh, so they have announced a couple things. They are saying that the Pro Tour is going to restart on June 26th, and they're going to start that with the Dynamic Discs Open, which will be in Emporia. Uh, so a Dynamic Disc produced uh, event uh, there in Emporia, and uh, they'll they'll get moving with their schedule. Some events on their schedule are, are kind of pending, and other events are confirmed. It really kind of depends on, um, on, on local jurisdictions at the moment. The main thing that uh, I think are big notes right now is that the SF Open and the Portland, o- Portland Open have both been canceled um so and and jeff spring gave some commentary on that uh there's a couple of reasons and i think the i think the real reason he, he said a lot of them restrictions stuff like that i think the real reason is and he he mentioned these two but having a bunch of people travel to san francisco and trying to find a place to stay it, with all these restrictions oh, no going on I it's just it ain't happening and um, and then similar with Portland, um, it's just a difficult area to to get everybody housed properly and safely. And the biggest thing, I think, it just doesn't match the rest of the schedule. There's these two events that are way over on the west coast, um, with none of the other connecting events happening, that made it nor- you know normal for a uh, a touring disc golfer to add it to their schedule. Now all of those events have either been canceled or postponed, and it just doesn't make sense to have all these stops on the East Coast and and Midwest, and then just suddenly pop over to uh, Portland and San Francisco for these events. So I think logistically they're just trying to keep it close to their vest and like and and make sure that they're. Keeping in mind the players and the safety, and also knowing that this all can change very quickly, you know they're optimistic, but it, I think they're very much aware that that the slightest little slip up and mistake uh, could end up in the tour getting put on hold again, and they want to try and do it right, right, or or just, so, just
1: looking real bad too, you know it, it can go both ways. So yeah. uh, they're being smart about it for sure.
0: Yeah, so, um, and then so the replacements for those two uh, two events, I already mentioned the first one, the Dynamic Disc Open, uh, which would be in Emporia. And then the second one is the Preserve Championship, which is uh, Kale LaVisca's course in Clearwater, Minnesota. So, uh, at that, I'm actually really, I, I'm sad that we don't get the SF Open and the Portland Open, but I am excited to see Kale's course on video. Totally. So, uh, and see it, it on live coverage and in a tournament setting, and I, I, I like I see a lot of these pros doing stuff like Kale's doing, building their own, you know. Uh, and Kale's is like a resort type situation. There's hunting and fishing. Oh, and, plus Kale's and there. all kinds you know, of that's
1: resort right there. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, beautiful views, I think. Is yeah, what yeah, you're getting exactly. At. Uh, yeah, also a uh, great course. So, <laughs> and nice landscape. Yeah. Uh, well, well maintained landscape. I'm right? sure that's that's what we're getting at. All the bushes are trimmed. Oh yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> yes. Okay. What's it called? What's what's like but the art
1: of? Isn't there a name for it? Like uh, when you like trim your like hedges and stuff. Art artfully.
0: Uh, well, a topiary is is when you you make like shapes and things like that out of out of certain bushes. But yeah,
1: I feel like there might be a basket somewhere.
0: <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'm just, I'm sure someone has tried. Uh, that that could be very difficult, but it, it could be done. I think the best results would be uh, creating a wire frame and then having a vine like ivy or something like that grow up. Oh yeah, 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 that would be. That would be probably the easiest way to make a green disc golf basket feature for your garden, if that's yeah,
1: what yeah, about. that's what's that's if that's, that's what, what we're ta- talking. That's about definitely what we're all. talking about, without a doubt. Yeah.
0: Okay. Good. But I, I'm nonetheless excited. I'm stoked to see that Kale one built this place, and was able to to create kind of his own little kind of disc golf paradise, and that it could become a feature of of disc golf tours going forward. So. That'll be great plus we know that Paul McBeth is oh, exactly. working on his say. on his course and like maybe this is just a thing maybe these uh, these uh, crazy rich disc golf millionaires with all the money they print in disc golf uh, are just going to start creating these little these little oasis oasises for for disc golf oh
1: oasis o- o- i guess oasis Oase-
0: o- oasis o- oasis i
1: i feel like we like to just go straight to like oasis and like throw the eye on things and it's not yeah. the actual oasis
0: oasis i think okay. like that
1: sounds better go, but sure. who knows but yes
0: uh, that that one sounds the best yeah but, who
1: uh, yeah, knows
0: who, yeah who knows but it's a it's it's a beautiful thing so happy to see that um a good number of the um court of the turn uh events courses uh on their their schedule list at the moment are kind of listed as pending um so you know like when you look at it the san francisco open and the portland open are canceled um they're doing a a match play event in emporia can uh emporia that'll that is uh on there confirmed uh the goat hill challenge they're saying has been rescheduled but is probable um and then they're 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 probably saying that it's like june 18th to 20 maybe um so that if you look at their website on the on disc golf pro tour dgpt.com you can see what events they've moved i'm not going to go through all of them because there's quite a few um and it's also just a fluid uh, just a fluid situation uh, There could be changes. There are other disc golf tournaments that are happening soon that are not national tour, which were all canceled, um, and not disc golf pro tour. And there could be disc golfers that are like, look, I need to go compete. I need to go try to make some money. I'm going to drive from Texas out to the Majestic and play, and then maybe something happens, and this all changes to no fault of the disc golf pro tour. Uh, or, or anyone, or anyone yeah, else, yeah, yeah. but so uh, there, e, e, this is all kind of best case scenario, and I just kind of hope that it all works. I really do. I, I obviously anyone playing disc golf, I don't want to overthink it. I want to be hopeful, and I just kind of like these days with everything. I'm just like, okay, I hope, I hope this happens. It sounds like they're doing the right thing. I hope that. Uh, other rogue tournaments don't don't mismanage their situations because they don't have uh strong leadership uh to to make sure that people aren't uh being reckless on the course and and uh endangering others and and, and therefore you know putting other disc golf tournaments in in danger as a result so I hope that everyone out there is being safe when they do uh, start playing tournaments, and that the disc golf pro tour can go off. I, I think the biggest thing out of all of this, I mean, the disc golf pro tour couldn't be in a better spot to just absolutely gobble up the lion's share of the of the the disc golf eyeballs. So, so, so. did they?
1: Because I didn't, I did not read this. Um, I yeah. Work's been a little crazy. Um, did they talk about crowds?
0: Yeah, there there really won't Perfect. be any.
1: That's what I was hoping. Makes the most so, sense.
0: Um there's gonna be testing. Uh they were talking about having testing for the players. Um they will have uh camera crews and uh and normal cards that will be asked required to uh, practice social distancing. Um so That'll all be in place and and then, yeah, no no people, no uh no none of the standard kind of disc golf pro tour flying circus event type stuff uh that goes along with it it'll it'll be just just uh focusing on, golf, on that's fine the on the disc golf and the live coverage, good, so I think
1: that's gonna be great, and I think the quality of video like it's it's this we talked about this I don't know over a month ago this is a sport that's built to to come back during this time. Um, That social distancing, all that kind of stuff is kind of built in. I think um, this type of sport can be done very well. Um, I feel like there's a ton of like respect in the, in the game of disc golf. So like respecting each other's space and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm excited.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't, think you see a ton of people in your back pocket all that often in disc golf anyway only Uh, when we're on a trip yeah that's (laughs) true um but (laughs) but i mean for the most part it's a very easy sport to to maintain social distance and if anything you know disc golfers talk about loving the crowd and seeing the people out there but when they're throwing and playing they want you to shut the fuck up and disappear and stop moving like they they don't they don't want to see you in the background they don't want you to move in the background they don't want you to affect their shot they don't want you to stop their shot from doing something they don't want a disc to hit you like really like spectators are probably not probably they are way more of a pain to the to the disc golf uh professionals than than they are a positive We love to see it. Uh, on the footage, it, it shows that our sport is growing, and being out there is awesome too. But uh, I I would bet whether they say it or not, I think most pros would probably uh, say they love to see the people out there because it's more merchandise they sell at the end of the day and and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But but uh, you know you get down to brass tacks, and the number of times they had someone running behind their shot to get to the next tee. Um, to do something when they were trying to bang a huge putt that could have been the difference between them cashing or not, and and things like that. I I think that they are totally one hundred percent fine. Um, and I, I, did you watch the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, at all?
1: Uh, I I did not. I don't. I uh, can oh, you okay. watch it? I so, didn't even try. It. Can I watch it without having a cable subscription? Hulu, it's on Hulu. Is it on like the live Hulu type shit though? Because you've had shows that no,
0: no, it's on. It's on non-live okay, Hulu. Then I'll, I'll watch it. It's on regu- It's on regular Hulu. It's just you can't watch it live. But um, so Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that they talked about, and I, I don't remember the specific episode, but is like you roll the ball out for these people, no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing, and they will compete to the death. Type like the, these type. Of competitors, it doesn't matter whether there's, you know, 10 people in the room or 60,000, they are going to, they want to just destroy the person across from them and win at all costs. And that's the same thing with, with our disc golf competitors. Spectators or not, we will get the same sport. You will get the same person wanting to be the best possible player out there and I, I just i think it'll be yeah. i think it'll work out great and we've said in past episodes i think we'll get better live no coverage totally too. just because less obstacles less cell usage uh I, I think we'll we'll get some pretty solid solid you know coverage what? i think it'll be uh, great
1: disc golf pro tour needs to green light right now uh one beer sponsors
0: that's true yeah to
1: like it just needs to roll the way of like uh of golf of like let the the disc golfers or i guess brands in general you know like the disc manufacturers need to let disc golfers throw like 15 different logos on their shirts and just make their money
0: just like nascar nascar shirts let them
1: do it but i think like
0: I, I don't see like why green they green light
1: beer because that industry is is it's not booming. They're still getting hit hard too. But um, I know I'm drinking more beer than I did, and that's a, that's a big thing to say.
0: Um, I think that that has nothing to do with with uh, the disc golf pro tour. I think it has to do with the contracts they sign with no, the disc, that's disc manufacturers. That's true. Um, I, I think call. that that's oh, totally up to the player. If the player wants to 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 do that, they need to make sure in their contract that they're allowed to. Um, and so I don't think that has anything to do with Disco Pro Tour. I think it's just in their current contracts, maybe they, the, the uh, manufacturer has the exclusive rights to the stuff that's on their shirt um, and they can advertise their bag or whatever but that, that's probably just like a player leverage thing that needs to happen in the future where they say, look, you're not paying me enough. I can get all of this money from Anheuser-Busch uh, to, to have Bud Light on the back of my shirt and uh, I'll throw your discs and I'll pimp them, but uh, I'm going to have Anheuser-Busch on the back of my shirt and uh, it's going to pay my bills. And it's so fine. That's that's my thought yeah. yeah so totally fine so
1: disc golf manufacturers because i know you're all listening right now the, the heads of all uh disc brands are paying attention who's gonna be the first disc brand to step up and be like i don't care get after it make your money get more eyes on what we're doing uh throw that pbr logo on your headband and go
0: I I don't know what it, which brand it's going to be. It's going to take a major play. It's going to take one the eyeballs, like one we, the the there have to be enough eyeballs on the sport for uh, those big companies to generate interest and see that they can they can monetize these players. And then, as we've seen, these contracts that these players sign are not long, right? And it would only take one off season for for them to just be like. You know, even Drew Gibson this year, uh, you know, being uh, with Infinite, throwing a mix bag and doing whatever he wants. Like, who's to stop him from, from doing something like that? If if they thought that they could monetize his channels and and social media presence, but I think it'll just be something along those lines. And then the next time Paul McBeth signs a contract, he says, "Look, I." I'll sign with you and I'll do another four years. I'll do another this or that. But this clause right here that says that I have to have a shirt that says only Discraft on it, we're not doing that this time. And and I'm going to have, a, a, you know, I guess Paul Macbeth is probably the least likely person to have a beer sponsor, but maybe it would be like O'Doul's or uh, I don't know, like some kind of uh, like high brand apple juice. I
1: was actually thinking about that. I was like, what would – if he took an out, uh, wow, that looks, that beer looks wild. Uh, we'll get I there. know. Um, I know. What would he, because I don't think he is as anti as he has to be now through, well, whatever. We don't need to go into that. <laughs> um,
0: well, that, it's all pure speculation. You can't, I mean, there's nothing to say. It's just like, it is yeah,
1: what
0: it is. Um, So Maybe he's the, but I, I just I think it I see it very unlikely that he would have a beer sponsor, given that he doesn't drink. And that would be kind of odd for him to uh, have a sponsor like that. But even like something like Red Bull that sponsors. That's a lot true. But of I just feel like Paul sports.
1: is such a, a businessman that like someone could put a contract out there that I feel like he would be like, OK, I will. Wow. OK, that is weird. Uh sorry, Robin's showing me the the beer that we're about to review uh cuz he has a clear glass I don't. Um like does he turn down a big beer sponsorship like on morals or is he like I'm here to make money like slap that Miller on the back of I, my I own-
0: I honestly I I can't answer that question. I don't know. I don't know. I I would think that that if if a big sponsor like that came through, I I just don't know. I, you're, I'd be speculating on how he feels about something, but I think Paul McBeth, uh, given what I've seen of him throughout his career, likes money. And if you put a, a big enough number in front of him, he would uh, he would do it. I I just because I, I mean, what's the harm really? It's not like he's I don't know, right? Yeah, so, I don't know. All right, so, but, but that's just my guess. Right. Like it, whenever I always defer to that sort of stuff, a business mind for me, like if the, if the dollars make sense, I, I you know, they'll, they'll do it no matter who I feel they like are. he could go hometown
1: uh, and, and go like super, he doesn't have to do the, the, the major brewers. Like I think he could do like the brewery.
0: Oh, yeah, but they're not gonna. That's they could
1: give them happen. a good chunk and 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 be uh, repping repin home.
0: No, that is just that's that's never happening. This is this would have to be like a, like a, This would have to be a major brand coming through and br- across the sport. But I would see. I I think before we see individual players sponsored by things like that, um, we will see like we've seen with the San Francisco Open sponsored by Absolute Extracts. Yeah. Uh, yep. cannabis company. Uh, I think we'll see tournaments first, um, sponsored by this sort of stuff. That's how they'll dip their toe in the water and see, hey, how much does this actually generate? Do you think K- um, Kale's having... tournament
1: will be sponsored by uh, Labat Brewing, and it, they'll just say like, we're basically Canada?
0: <laughs> I I don't think so. You're pretty no. great though. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure.
1: that's the that's the only canadian beer i, I could come up with quickly
0: pe- people in minnesota just like screaming at their phones right now of all the the wonderful breweries that they have there no i'm just i'm <laughs> talking major
1: brands i'm not talking there are amazing
0: <laughs> oh oh you just gotta just pile on no them. there's amazing
1: uh breweries <laughs> in in minnesota like for sure i think we've had a good amount here and there like there's great stuff but we're talking uh Money over quality of beer. No, I know. I I mean, you just shot down (laughs) the brewery. Like,
0: (laughs) I did because I think it it would have to be like for the kind of money you're talking about to sway a player, it can't be just like a a regular. Well, and I think uh, like craft brew. How many craft breweries do you see sponsoring athletic events? That's my point. And
1: I think labat probably has that major brand money.
0: Coors Miller. Bud Light, like those those sorts of companies that, I, that sponsors. I bet sporting Labatt pits.
1: is owned by one of those.
0: Probably yeah. is. I mean, I'll, most beers are owned by one of those in yeah. some way, so it's uh, not uncommon. All right, Joe, you ready to uh, to do a deer review? Do you have any closing thoughts on on the disc golf pro tour and and uh, and their their goals to to restart on June twenty sixth and and all that, or are you good?
1: Um, I think it's it's great to be hopeful. I think it's great to set a date, I think. Um, and I'm sure Jeff Spring has spoken to this, or at least he feels this way. We're in such a, a crazy time, and, and me being in a business that we are, we've kind of set an open date at a limited fashion for what we're doing. Um, just having the knowledge that you can say this is what we're going to do, and it could have to pivot quickly uh, due to the craziness that's going on. But I think setting that date really helps you get all of your ducks in a line and pushing towards a goal. I think helps people work harder and smarter. I think that's a a good way to move, you know, because worst case scenario, it needs to push out more because things get nuts, but you put so much time and effort that you know what you're doing and it's going to be an even better product when you get to it. Like I'm, I'm good with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's also like kind of good news. I I feel like, yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about a ton of that lately, but uh, it's it's just great news. So hopefully everything goes well and as planned. And uh, it sounded to me like uh, like Jeff Spring is uh, on top of it and has player safety and and the overall safety of the tour uh, in mind as as kind of paramount for for the success and and going forward so i i like it i it's it's great news and i really really hope that that it happens and that we get to start seeing some some live coverage not just because we paid for our subscription um already for the entire year it's definitely not uh definitely not motivated because that but uh, yeah we we did that and uh for a little bit it was looking like that might have been sunk cost but we'll see so all right it is time for our world famous deer review our disc and beer pairing where we take a disc we take a beer we review them both and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight we have the mvp reactor which is a five speed five glide minus 0.5 turn and 1.5 fade mid-range disc and we have it in neutron plastic I, I, i should note a kind of like gummier feeling neutron plastic than I felt on previous. Totally, models. So totally excited. Excited about that, and we are pairing that with Fizzle Drizzle Blue Raspberry Imperial Fruited Sour, which is an eight point five percent alcohol, uh, Imperial Fruited Sour. With uh, they're saying it's brewed with raspberry blue spirulina. And lactose. So both of the beers we looked at were, were lactose-brewed, and it's by Maplewood Brewing Company out of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, this was sent to us by Latier Lewis, an uh, awesome listener, and it is a fantastic beer. I'm going to just start by uh, describing the color. And blue spirulina is the best way to describe it because it is not – it is green. Yep. It is dark, yep. dark green. And um, – it's it's not very sour. It's very mild. Uh, you definitely get the lactose taste to it, but like it, it I uh Joe was looking at it in, in the in our our Zoom thing and it just probably looks like blackness. I'm guessing. It, does, in, it looked kind of blue
1: and then you popped that light through it and I went, "Oh shit."
0: And then so I took my phone and I, I turned the flashlight on behind it so he could see the the rest of the color and it's legit like it's blue. Dark or I mean green, it's yeah. green. It's just like like dark dark emerald green like that spirulina you know that's what seaweed right I don't no know it's a is.
1: it's a it's a type of algae
0: oh i knew it was like a like a water thing yeah right seaweed algae yeah. right what's the difference well huh? i feel like we had a a uh, teacher who like helped, i'm a, I'm a helped discover I it should.
1: and is now like a crazy millionaire our uh, s- s- so, econ our yeah econ teacher our s civ- whatever we had a teacher in high school who, like, helped discover spirulina.
0: So, thousand percent, we have never uh, reviewed an Imperial Fruited Sour on this show until now. So, I'm I'm looking forward to, to that. And uh, I legitimately like the beer better than any sour I've ever had in my life.
1: You know what it reminds me of? Like, right off... Well, not right off the bat. It, it has a few different... Like, the aftertaste uh, went straight to my mind... Not as lactose, because there's not lactose, but reminded me of that. Um, there is lactose. That, oh, there, there is? is? Then it, then that makes yeah. total sense. It, so it reminds me a ton of the the Fruity Peb Hill from Southern Grist. Yeah. The the yep. aftertaste yeah. totally. That makes and sense. And the front end is for sure like a Blue Raz blow pop.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. I totally forgot about Fruity Peb Hill, um, because that's probably the closest totally. thing on this podcast to, oh, this, to this beer. Oh, without a doubt without a doubt. Yeah, no, okay. So, I'm probably totally wrong about the we've never reviewed anything like
1: Well, we've never reviewed anything that's just that's said it's an imperial fruited sour. Like we've never heard that before. Yeah. I think there's other things that, you know, that's what they are.
0: Honestly, I think you need to go get a cup and and pour that your beer into it so that you can like look at it cuz it, it's a trip. I mean, it's legit green and uh and it's it's an experience. So, I don't know. You can if you want No, my,
1: my wife brought me another beer during the show and then said, don't interrupt me anymore. So she brought me a beer, so I'm going to respect that.
0: Got it. Okay. So I'm going to stay right here. Fair enough.
1: Um. It's really funny. You get the fruit smell, but you also like... <clears throat> it smells... It smells like a like that sweet smell of like a shitty um cheap beer like just like think about when you smell like a a sweet like pbr
0: yeah like yeah like a or, yeah. or okay like a like a lager yeah. of some kind yeah um, it gets a, yeah it doesn't have a it wasn't like the previous one the the strawberry one that where you open it and you get in immediate vanilla right. strawberry uh to to your nose from 10 oh, feet away. You know what that um, smells? It's
1: not even a cheap. You know what it smells like? You get the little extra fruit, but it's totally um like a a boozy malt liquor smell. Okay. Which maybe um, I know that smell more than 99% yeah. of the listeners right now. But like smelling it again, I'm like am I drinking E40 right now? Which the taste is nothing so, close to you. I, I want to point that when out. when I
0: I I read imperial sour and what I was thinking was like extreme sour and obviously imperial in this case it refers to the alcohol percentage it being an eight point five percent and uh and that's why but it, it's quite yep, mellow yep. overall in the in the sourness like it is very bitter um you definitely get that that fruity flavor to it. Uh, the the raspberry and the blueberries come through for sure and it's got the lactose flavor um as well so i it's it's an experience and i i'm fully injo- i've enjoyed both of these beers quite if a you bit you told me it was a uh, i'm honestly i'm like honestly kind of wishing that maybe i just hidden them from you and and just like drank them on my own and it would have been great like i i i would smash these. i know you would these i feel like fantastic. there's been a lot of
1: beers that have come through that we're saving that just end up getting drank. so i'm happy i got these
0: that's not true. I never do that.
1: <laughs> right. Um
0: I feel like if I do I admit it. So oh you, no, you no, for sure.
1: Them, no, there's but... no there's never been a secret. No, 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 no.
0: Like I would I I wouldn't I'm not saying I would lie about it. I would just maybe I did say I was going to lie about it, but I probably wouldn't in real life. I would just I would just be like, "Hey Joe, um I drank these and they were delicious." No, I
1: don't think that's what you would do.
0: Or I'd text you and be like, "I'm going to drink this." You have like you know, twenty minutes to go get the other. I do I do, I do feel like you would
1: cushion it though. I feel like you probably wouldn't tell me how good it was. Like you would probably be like, they were all right. <laughs> just because right. yeah. like you no, don't want me true. to be I'd upset that, that, that I missed out on something really nice. If you told me yeah. uh going back to the beer, if you told me it was a like sour blue raz soda, and I had a couple beers in me. I I would I would just drink it and not realize it was 8.5% alcohol.
0: Yeah, no, the, the definitely super dangerous. So, uh Maplewood Brewing Company, Chicago, Illinois, uh sent by Latier Lewis. Uh thank you very much. These are fantastic. All right, Disk. You ready to talk about the MVP reactor? Yeah. Which is uh brand new. They just released it. Uh, apparently, I I was reading something about it being like an old mold that they they redid or something like that. I, I forget know. what it was. I was just I, I I read the the thing briefly and was like, what the fuck are they talking about? We got we got I, a
1: whole I, channel on Slack that will tell us tomorrow when this drops.
0: It it was uh it was on a disc golf manufacturer that shall not be named. Uh, and I read the description. I think it's straight off off of uh off of MVP's uh crap. Um but it, like their, their um, marketing read on the disc. But if something like this disc is an old soul, I don't, I forget what it was, but I'll, I'll bring it up right okay. now. But in any case, a five speed, five glide, uh, minus 0.5 turn, 1.5 fade, mid range driver. Um, so it says, so here it is. So after MVP discontinued several older mids, the reactor is the first to be born from the ashes. Okay, that's what it was. I didn't. I didn't. Re- that's what the, the I read that sentence. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, is this like, are they bringing something back? Or no, it just I, sounds I like
1: they had a lot of mids and they were like, these weren't what we just wanted. Sounds, uh, this is we finally figured out. This is what we want.
0: Sounds like they they hired a copywriter that got a little little excited about their job for a second. Well, because I think I, I think know.
1: this is, and i I guess I'm not spoiling because I'll just jump right into it. I think this is what they've been looking for for a a, a very long time. Um.
0: Yeah. So it goes on to say the reactor is a workhorse mid-range designed to follow any line and fill any slot in the bag, and will handle big heisers as well as as big turnovers. So those th- those are all of the disc review cliches that you can put in one sentence right there. That is, that is exceptional. Yeah. I mean, what are we gonna do? What do we do now, Joe?
1: I mean, I <laughs> I, uh, I will jump in and say, um. I, <clears throat> I don't think it's that off, <laughs> to be honest. Really,
0: I think it's more overstable than I that. think it is. But I don't um, think it's like
1: wildly overstable. Like I um, I I do think it'll hold an Anheuser if you if you put it like it's not gonna fight out of like a hard Anheuser. A slight one for sure. You'll have a nice little eek out, um, but it doesn't finish super hard um
0: no and it's it's not gonna pull out of a out of an Anheuser right away i mean you Um, threw a you threw a
1: pine today that (laughs) didn't fight out of an Anheuser.
0: that's true it was into a headwind and and it was honestly a really terrible shot so no but um
1: it's 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 super like low profile for a nice mid it's super flat which i love um it feels really good in the hand and i don't think the numbers are that off so
0: Oh, that's what they were missing from the review. Feels good in the hand. That was the the one thing they needed. I to I mean, add it in. does
1: though. That's
0: it really does. <laughs> um, what? Well, just just add on to that because we that's a like huge cliche for a lot of people. But it it feels good in the hand. You told me this in the field because
1: because it's it's low profile. It's flat. Um, doesn't have a super wide rim. You it.
0: it and the plastic is nice and kind of gummy totally. so like totally. it, you feel like you got good grip with it so like that's that's when like that gets said by a ton of different disc reviewers but when joe said it just now those are his reasons it was it was kind of low profile um it's flat the the rim has you know a good uh, mid-range uh, rim and the plastic was nice and gummy for good grip so yeah that was the so so i and what what are your just just out of out of curiosity what are your feels bad in the rim qualities or feels bad in the hand qualities like what what are the the top two things that if it feels terrible in your hand why is that i
1: really don't like domey mids or putters and i don't like deep mids and putters Okay. Um, which a lot of times those go hand in hand
0: are. Yeah. Most of the time, but not um, always, but yeah. And
1: like a wider rim on, on a mid, I don't like as much. Cause then it gets in that weird, like that weird world between fairway and mid. And that bothers me. Um, and really when power gripping it's not a big piece, but if you're ever throwing things with like a fan grip and you have like a wild, like flared out rim, like a comet or whatnot, um, it can be funky, but mostly just you know uh, a small rim, flat, and not deep uh, are you know like the three pieces to perfection when I'm throwing mids for me. Sweet. Um,
0: so a lot of people. Go ahead, continue. I did. Go ahead. No, I said go okay. ahead continue. I just wanted to add clarification to that to my to my, to my
1: blanket the... statements, to my joining in on the No, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean it's important like it's it, there there's to add reasoning behind oh, those without things a doubt. and like you had a reason for saying it. You weren't you weren't like and I understand what you meant, but um cuz we talked about it in the field, yeah. but I think it was important to elaborate. So,
1: I know kind of rolling into this review, like this like I said at the top of the show, a lot of people were like, Joe, you got to throw this. You always talk about blah, 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 um, because I always was asking for a pine in, in gyro, right? Because I kind of felt like I had a buzz in gyro, um, but I wanted that little more stable. And what I honestly really realized with the reactor um, is that I never really had a buzz in gyro with that said this this is so much closer to the buzz than any other gyro disc there is in all the positive ways and and like the reasons that we love the buzz it you can launch it it goes straight forever it doesn't have a big fade like i'd almost call it like a zero turn one fade uh but if you put it if you give it air it'll nice it'll leak over it'll have a nice flare out um but it's not super beefy. It is overstable um, as far, like, when you're calling straight with no fade stable, it is, it is more stable than that. Um, the glide is money. Like, I, I think we both had a few throws that we were kind of surprised that it got out to where it was. With that said, we also had a few throws that we thought it got out a little further. Um, but I think those were based on earlier throws being like, well, I threw it like that earlier and it went, way farther than i thought why didn't do it this time um it it uh it's a very clean nice consistent disc it was not it it might flip up um but we threw with some headwind and whatnot it's not it was never a worry about turning this disc over which is not um something i could say about most of the gyro mids i've thrown like even the matrix if you crank it with some OAT, uh, too, it'll turn over. I think both of us threw like a, a, a good... I know th- I threw a good amount of OAT with the reactor, and still um, it didn't fully turn over. It always finished left. Uh, great disc.
0: Yeah, I, I had some real bad shots. I, I had an exceptionally poor field day um, with this disc, and um, it still managed to kind of salvage me in, in quite a few shots. I I did like the um, there was a couple of times where I released it a little too high um, and it just continued to glide and still didn't really, you know, like normally where you see it like sky out and fade out on on a disc that's too overstable, even a mid range. Uh, But this one seemed to keep gliding and didn't really uh, didn't really change the total distance of the of the shot, which was nice. So I was a little I was impressed by that. Uh, when when I threw it, uh, I'm impressed by the plastic. I I like this feel. I we've got plenty of neutron discs in here and stuff like that. And this just feels like a little bit more yep, grippy. Totally. Maybe it's just brand new, um, but it, it just it feels a little bit more tacky. Like I can see my thumbprints on it. Um and so I do like that as well. It, I unfortunately I was not my timing wasn't quite right, so it was difficult for Unless me was to fully yeah jeez. Um, it, it was diff- normally with mid ranges, like that's my wheelhouse. I get out there, I'll throw it flat, I'll throw it Annie, I'll throw it Heiser and like boom, boom, boom. I know what it does. but I was just a little bit off and then we had a headwind um, coming on the backside to it. Um, I think part of it was that I was expecting a, a, a more overstable disc. I'm also a little rusty in field sessions because we haven't done one. Um, in, in quite some time, so, but overall, it did some things that I was impressed with, and in throwing it with buzzes and uh, we threw pines as well, uh, it it certainly it certainly kept up with with those shots in terms of distance and, and lines and things like that. Um, I do like that it's got a little bit more flat of a top uh, than than most of the other ones that you see out there, so I I I think that's great and uh this is uh this is definitely they said it in the the one thing I'll agree with in their write up they called it a workhorse and i think that that's exactly what it is uh i i i think that this is easily moves to the top of um the mvp axiom uh mid-range uh bag i totally. just there's no way there's no way that you can. Uh, this is, uh, to me, previously the Matrix was my my favorite mid range, for for uh, for the the series and for MVP. And I I think this is more stable than the Matrix, yep. and a overall better mid range. Uh, so I would I would definitely move from that. Whether it's better than the... So our, our DGP bag, we named the EMAC Truth as our stable mid-range. I, we didn't bring one out. We should have. I'm sorry. We're still working on that sort of thing. Um, I, I think I still personally would prefer the EMAC Truth. Because one, I don't... Um, I don't mind a deeper mid range, and I'll have to look at the numbers, but I feel like the EMAC Truth is is going to be uh, deeper um, and and a little bit domier, uh, and and that doesn't bother me at all, at all when I throw these discs, and I I also think that it's going to be still more stable, and and if it's not, it'll be the same. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. That'll be that'll be further but i i still think that this doesn't overtake the emac
1: right well and i think something that a a caveat we need to throw into our dgp bag um i do think it needs to be a a unanimous uh decision to to change them because uh i think i i totally echo what you said we didn't bring an emac out so i didn't put them head to head so i can't fully say this is better but I love me gyro. Like I built a gyro bag. Uh, I, I will tell you with the gyro bag I built. Um, I put the Bobcat in as like the, well, you know, mint is molded by MVP axiom. Um, so that works. I I would have zero problem popping this in instead of a Bobcat different disc. I'll, I'll say it right now, I don't want anyone to, to get it twisted. and. um, the reactor is nowhere close to as stable as the Bobcat. Um, But just with disc control, with throwing highs or whatever, you can get very similar lines. Um, This could, this could easily make my full like quote unquote gyro bag um, and make me feel a little bit cleaner about it. Um, And I, I, in my mind would put it over the EMAC truth in the DGP bag but that's just because I I love I love gyro. Um, um,
0: here here's my thing with this one. I this is neutron, um, which is notoriously less stable than than proton. Ooh, good um, call. I I I feel like this is one of those ones, and I said it earlier in the episode. Like sometimes you'll let it wait. I, I feel like this is one of those ones where we re- when when the proton one comes out, we need to revisit it, and if it's if it's a tick more stable, I think that it's it's the the real deal. Oh man! Um,
1: Ooh, you just so I just that that's my, my shorts moved. That's a little my bit thought right now.
0: So I I love I like the grip of the of the neutron, but I think um, I think if you get a flat proton version of this thing, it's going to be pure beef, and it's going to be you know something you can put a ton of power on and get great glide and distance and not have really any worry about turning it over and you can get yourself a little flex line if you need it Uh, Um, right now that there's not much of a flex line with this disc you you can if you put some Annie on it, it's going to Anheuser, and it'll come out a little bit. But it's not like you're coming back to center line on the on the throw. Right. It's still going to if you Annie it, it's going to finish right. It will flex out of it. It's not going to turn the whole way, but you're still going to finish right. Um, so, well, same thing. If you a, a, that, juice it, that cliche adage:
1: if you juice it, it's going straight for a long time and not really fading. Like it's got a yeah. very minimal fade. it faded fade.
0: some. Even even when it was pretty high up in the air, it didn't have a crazy fade no. to it. So, but if, if um, you have enough, I think that their fade number is yeah. fine. No, I I think that one point five is yeah. good.
1: Um, it reminds me of it reminds me of like a, a fresh ish buzz. Like it has a nice little fade. You can crank it. It's going to be laser beam. Um, I really enjoyed the flight. Uh, it like like Robin said, is not at all what we were expecting. Um, I think everything we were hearing in Slack and people talking about was that it was going to be like the tick below, the turbulence, the runway. Or someone, I think even said it was like, and I could totally have it wrong, that it was like a runway, but gyro, or maybe it was something different, but gyro. Oh no, Bobcat, but gyro. Uh, definitely not close to a stable as as a bobcat but it 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 definitely has a a beautiful world to live in and like robin said um mvp has found their their workhorse mid-range 110 percent like this is what they've been looking for forever for that spot for that buzz rock emac truth world
0: yeah, and and uh, just to add a note to the stability on there, we did throw it in some some significant headwind, not crazy, but probably twelve miles an hour, twelve to fifteen, and it held up just yep. fine, um, with really no change in the flight path. And that's really what you want to see when you're when you're looking for wind resistance is is not that it, like it it holds up and and does it, but that the flight path didn't change that much. Right from your, your standard shot, no wind shot. Like you could still throw the same, you know, 340 foot or 350 foot hyzer with a, yeah. you know, straight shot. And like I hyzer, said, we, we did not throw with Bobcats,
1: but we threw with pines and the pine was definitely more stable than the reactor without a doubt.
0: So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. I, I really liked it. I will have to. Uh, I would like to see other plastic options come out. Uh, I, I honestly think that that uh, proton would is probably the way to go uh, going forward for something like this. But I do like neutron plastic as well. So with that said, so I'm 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 looking forward to to proton. So
1: we already brought up the DGP bag, which I guess lets everyone know um, it's not gonna even crack our bags like if we go straight to dgp um
0: that's true it's not gonna yeah. touch our bag so we, it's not going in we're gonna have to work on that yeah huh? i was thinking With about the, that as the, you jump
1: right into the dgp i was like we probably should have talked about if it's going in our bag and then gone to the dgp bag but whatever um and yeah, we'll get yeah, there totally
0: as we iron out the details oh, totally. on this, i mean we we really fucked up by not bringing out the disc that it compares to in the dgp bag in the first right place. so which we need to uh, we
1: but the the thing is we, yeah. that wouldn't even been what it was because we were th- expecting it to be something else. So we almost need to bring out like all of the the mids or the whatever the categories we're throwing.
0: No, I think I think this is for sure in the EMAC truth category. It is, but of, but of
1: originally, mid-range. um, we thought it was in like the Bobcat range. No, that's
0: true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we thought it was. Yeah, in the we thought side. it was in the. I don't know that you told me that when I got there, but when I what I read about it online prior said that it was more like what oh, so did not read online.
1: i read Slack, which so, um, I love all my my yeah. Slack peoples, but I shouldn't have take anyways. Uh, yeah, so it's not going my bag. So, I think the 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 buzz. I mean, the buzz is the buzz is the buzz is the buzz. Like that's not coming out of either one of our bags. I think.
0: Is there is there a more certain not going in Robin's bag than this stable mid-range review? Like is there just can I I mean whenever whenever I say five speed, five glide minus anything between 0 and 1 turn and between 1 like, and 2 or even between between 1 and 0 and 2 fade? No, is there never. ever a more no, certain? That exist. not going in Robin's bag. The day that that it's happens,
1: just, it'll be like the most amazing disc ever that you'll just fill your bag. It'll with. it'll be
0: more amazing than when you get an ace. I mean, honestly, like it's 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 less probable, which is just I, I mean, don't even. That's, that's crazy.
1: That's, you're, now you're talking crazy. That's
0: wild. That's wild in and of itself. Like the, your odds of getting an ace are extremely oh, low, yeah, without and, a doubt. And and just taking into account that that me. Changing out the buzz is even lower than that. I mean, it's just a whole nother echelon of lowness.
1: No, totally. So, anyways, um, not going in our bags. Uh, the beer. I, I could start my day with this bad boy. Like, this could be a, a breakfast one, just a, a, a fruit bomb to roll. Um, I don't, maybe an ice cold one at the end of a round, but like mid round, I don't know that I'm rocking a, a, a fizzle drizzle.
0: Yeah, I uh, one this has to be cold. Yeah, it absolutely oh, yeah. does. You cannot. You have to. You have to provide coldness for it. Two, I, I, I think that this has to be like enjoyed sitting down in a glass, um, something along those lines, where you can appreciate the color and and uh, aroma and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I'm gonna agree. I don't think this is a a coarse beer. While it is delicious. And highly effective at eight point five percent.
1: I mean, I would, but I, like I said, very particular times. Of course, it's not a, it's not a roll through the course drink beer, um, but it is lovely.
0: I would feel bad, honestly. Uh, this is one of those beers, like like there's there's really good beers that you just you want to sit right. and should and you go find it and like, drink
1: it? Yes. Should you smash one on the course? Probably not.
0: Yeah, probably probably hang out and and uh, and enjoy the actual flavors somewhere else. I d- I don't think this is a coarse beer. It's a fantastic beer. Yeah, it is. So, um, all right. So is this a is this an offer like a an offer six? Yeah. Uh, or or what do we call this, this? Is uh
1: the uh PDGA National Tour
0: <laughs> and the uh, SF Open and Portland yeah, Open? Yeah, it's I not guess. happening. But yeah so uh, they're
1: respected but not happening
0: the system we set up to honor uh good discs that didn't quite make the cut we failed once again like we have a, a disc that we really enjoyed that has tons of great qualities a beer we really enjoyed that has tons of great qualities but the criteria that we've set up for judging them uh calls it an over well i'm very so, on
1: the fence for the dgp bag i
0: I I, I really, know you. I are. really I know like you this are. disc.
1: Uh, I I could pick I gotta, this up to... and, and throw it, uh, and have 100 percent confidence in it. Uh, no problem.
0: So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this one argument for us. Um, I I don't think that the decision has to be made in the moment of the deer review. Um, I do think that we have to be sure to have the DGP competition in our throwing sessions. Totally yep uh with yep. us from here on out and that should have been i mean we really should have known that that's kind of like you know unzip your pants before you go pee territory we're still learning we're still learning how many times um, did we
1: how many times did you pee your pants when you're a little kid
0: hey man if, if you're on the rugby field you just take a right. knee and you don't have to there's no there's no zipper at all you just you just do it there's a reason so, kids like, have I, diapers I, I, man
1: you know you just, yeah, you just gotta figure it out so
0: so it's there so I, I'm fully okay with, at a later date, past the episode, being like, okay, I threw this alongside the EMAC truth, and I legitimately think it's better. But I personally, I think that that time comes when the Proton one comes, and uh, I think that's when I'm happen. into it. I'm into so, it, for sure. And same thing with the tactic. Um, I, I need to throw the tactic a lot more, yeah. and, and then I can tell you whether it's better than the entropy. Um, so i I just I just need to get more throws under it and and see, but these things are fluid and and it could be just like top of an episode being like, You know what? I'm finally there. Joe and I threw this again, and we fully believe that this disc is better than that, so it could be just totally random like this podcast is for pretty much the entire well episode. it'll set up like so.
1: beautiful worlds too, where like this one, I will make sure that we we do that. Because I really like it, and I'm sure we'll have the other way too, where we'll have something new, and you'll be like, "I also brought out this one." Yeah, because I think you should throw <laughs> it some more. Like it'll be good because we'll push it. We'll, we'll, that that's that's like gonna build.
0: We'll have the that passive aggressive, passive aggressive. Uh, uh, like like I think it'll be
1: very clear and honest, being like, "I really like <laughs> this. I feel like you didn't give it the right chance, and that's fine."
0: <laughs> be kind of like the hey joe uh it's uh it's hole 12 and you're wow look you're 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 uh five down that's pretty oh, close to your course record world. maybe you should
1: <laughs> that's different
0: maybe you should try to birdie the rest of the holes and and uh go for a new yeah. high score what do you what do you, Why'd you get an ace?
1: stop acting like a pussy <laughs> put in the basket
0: oh joe you don't have to emasculate yourself that's not that's not fair
1: Listen, I'm just trying to pump myself up. It's how I work.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's all we got for you on this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone that reviewed the podcast after my plea last week for more reviews. Uh, we actually reached 200 reviews uh, before this episode, uh, which was amazing. But keep keep doing it, by all means. I love reading oh, yeah. them. yeah. Um, I I will make sure uh, in an upcoming episode to uh, read some of my favorites that came through. There was quite a few like, like 13 or 14 that came through uh, in the last week, uh, written reviews that were uh, all kinds of awesome. So thank you everyone that took the time to do that. We really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we love all of you. Next. uh, Disc Golf, i sorry, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. We do a pre-show before every single show and uh, it's, it's awesome. You'll, if you like the show, you've ran out of episodes, there's like 120 of them already on there on Patreon, ready for you to listen to. They are unscripted. They are ridiculous. They are, there are even more candid thoughts on the game of disc golf we are very much uh, loose on that. Might part also be of some farts the
1: in there. Who knows?
0: There, there could be those too. So check it out: patreoncom slash podcast. and uh, check out OTBdisc.com. Use promo code DGP DG Podcast to get free shipping on your next order. They are the best online disc golf retailer in the world, and uh, we love them very much. So OTBdisc.com. And lastly, check out our Slack group. If you go to our website, throwstuffatstuff.com, hit the join Slack link and join the best disc golf community in the world. Uh, We'll welcome you, and you can chat disc golf with all kinds of people all over the place. In the meantime, I hope your courses have opened and you can get out there and throw stuff at stuff.
2: This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up and fucking outrun an ace or two. Sometimes you got to ease if you want to put the D's in the B's. Sometimes you got to say, hey, I'm gonna throw it softly, I'm gonna hug it gently, I'm gonna flick it smoothly, I'm gonna toss it so sweetly, and then you say, hey, I hit some metal, and then you say, wait a minute, Robin, Think I'm starting to get it now? Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork. What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me. It's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you. What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA. So let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly then I'll fucking hook it softly, and then I'll fucking throw it perfectly. But then I'm gonna hook it.